Welcome to another episode of Race Issues. I am your host, Race Knutson, and uh, I have a little bit of an issue to discuss right at the beginning. Um, so outwardly in the podcast, um, as it's seen on SU News on the website and, and other platforms, just for, I guess, uh, outward appearances sake, liability, whatever you want to call it, we're changing the name to Races Rapport, so the the podcast will be named entitled Races Rapport, um, but I'm still going to call it Race Issues because it has nothing to do, this isn't like, race is literally a play on words, my name is Race, my name is Race, and it's not even spelled R-A-C-E, it's spelled R-E-Y-C-E, and I mentioned this in my first podcast, so I am going to continue introducing it in the actual recording uh, as as the episodes as race issues just know that in title it's going to be referred to uh, from now on as races rapport to appear um, and avoid offense I think that's the overall objective is from my superiors I was instructed to uh, change the title to avoid offense but I was um, you know i was told that i could continue referring to it as race issues i don't think that for those of you who are listening and uh enjoy my podcast first of all i just want to say thank you uh i appreciate all listeners and it, it means a lot to know that there's someone out there who's appreciating uh the content that i'm producing for this podcast and i i hope that i haven't offended any of you thus far by the name race issues i just thought it was clever and the, the to give you some background into where this came from this idea for the the name of the podcast was um i'm in the radio practicum or the radio class i've been you know a dj at ksuu um like perhaps many of you who have taken or, or in the communication department or have taken that class uh i'd dj at the radio station at ksuu and for in the advanced uh practicum one semester we had um a visitor from ninety from the B ninety two point one. It was Mikey uh, from Mikey and the Misses, and he told us that, it, you know, I mean, he kind of was just telling his story about um, his background and and uh, being in the radio and things like that. And you know, I had a comment, and he you know asked for my you know asked what my name was, and I said my name's Race. Um, and I'm one of the DJs and, and he was like, wow, what? He's like, hold up, hold up. Your name is race. He's like, you got to tell me, he's like, you have to have, you know, a, a, an air shift or an on, on air show called race issues. Like you just can't, you know, pass that up. So that was kind of the deal is I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And so when we kind of had a change in, in the, personnel on the podcast and it was like this i was taking kind of over my own uh, you know this podcast as my own and it was going to be like this the host and you know probably have some people come on like i've said i'm gonna have some people come on we're still working on that but the idea was okay so it's it's my show and i'm kind of the topics very week to week there's not really a general theme other than i'm just going to be talking a little bit about what's going on in my life in how that is influenced and impacted by like the world, by society, pop culture, trends, things like that. So it, it, it's a lot about me talking about my perception, my uh, the the way I look at things, you know, through my lens, 
um, and my name is race. So I was like race issues, like things that issues I have deals issue issues. I have things that are issues, um, in, in my world and, and yours. Um, but I thought race issues are pretty clever. So enough on that. I'm still going to call it race issues. It is formally races rapport now. Uh, and hopefully none of you are offended by that because that is not my intention. Um, so today I want to talk to you a little bit about some upcoming plans I have that will affect, uh, next week's podcast. So I won't, I won't be here. We're actually going to be missing two weeks worth of podcasts. Um, well, I might have one two weeks from today, depending. So next week, um, my wife and I are leaving Tuesday night. We're going to go up to Salt Lake, stay with the in-laws overnight. And then, um, our Christmas present this year from my mother-in-law and father-in-law was when we we were up there for Christmas, and they said for your your Christmas present this year is going to be a family vacation with them and my sister-in-law, my wife's sister. We're going to go to Universal Studios in Florida. Um, we're going to do some other stuff down there. You know, visit the Keys. You know, do a lot of just you know go on a vacation down in florida go scuba diving um i actually got my advanced open water scuba certification uh because before i knew this was going to happen but i, I was doing it be- partly because i think it was planned like there was some sort of plan because my wife told me he's like you should probably get your scuba certification because her dad is a really big scuba guy he likes to um, go scuba diving he's got a group of friends that is really into it and she's like, if you go get your scuba certification, then you can hang out with them and go on their, you know, guide trips to Florida or whatever. Uh, and so there was a little bit of, I think, maybe a hint from my parents-in-law. Anyway, they kind of told me, okay, look, so, you know, get your scuba certification. And that was sort of a, a you know, precursor or forewarning, perhaps, to this this trip um a little foresight into this trip so i have that scuba certification and we're going to go do that and it's gonna be really fun so that's going to be a week that's going to be happening from wednesday next wednesday which i believe is march 4th and then we're going to be gone all week we'll be back in utah on march 11th and depending on you know if i have a podcast out by that thursday that'll probably be i have a good thing to do but um i probably won't have something next week but uh that podcast will have a lot to do with that trip. So that's something to kind of look forward to. I haven't, it's interesting because I haven't really traveled as much in my entire life as I have in the last year and a half or so that I've um, been married to my wife, Maddie, because uh, her parents are, I mean, really big into vacations and and traveling. Um, And it's kind of one of those trends we're seeing today. It's kind of, you know, parents at, at Christmas time, especially, it's less giving gifts, like specific, like expensive gifts and stuff like that, as it is, okay, well, you, you might get a couple of things for Christmas, you know, right now, but our big Christmas present is, you know, over spring break, we're going to go to Disneyland, or we're going to, you know, we're going to travel, we're going to go to on a cruise, um, do some kind of, you know, destination um, vacation and, and things like that. So, you know, and I think that's really cool. I think that's a good idea, actually, because you know you're you're kind of you, it, there's less uh, expectation or entitlement to 
th- material things and you, you, you get to do something memorable, something you're going to share with your family, you know, for a long time and, you know, something that's really just exciting and, and, you know, it's fun to see and, and go into places. So, you know, prior to this, I had never, prior to being married, I had never left the country. I've never, so I've always ever traveled within the United States, save a couple exceptions. I've only ever, you know, gone out of state really. Like when I've traveled, it's been Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada. You know, I hadn't been to Calif- even to California or anything like that all growing up. And the only exceptions were I picked my brother up or my parent, my parents took me and we flew back east to New York where my brother, New York state, where my closest brother, who is almost nine years older than me, he was finishing his mission. And then we rented a car and we kind of did like this cool little tour of, of, um, I call it a church history tour, basically. Um, the, the Eastern States is where the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was founded, and though there's some s- historical sites over there in in New York State, um, in Ohio, Missouri. Um, so we traveled down through. You know, we kind of did like a tour and, and hit all those historical sites and, and visited those, and that, that was a really fun experience for me. And it was the first time, like, legitimately traveling. Um, because it's my first time in an airplane, and that was really exciting. Uh, I like flying. My wife is kind of a nervous flyer. She gets really like turbulence and taking off and landing. Those are really kind of uh, she has some trepidation about that. And so, um, but I always think it's like a roller coaster. I think it's really fun. And maybe it's just the small town boy in me that does that likes that. But um, being able to go into an airplane was pretty fun. It's the first time. And then I was also able to the only other significant travel experience was right after my eighth grade year, the summer after eighth grade, I believe, or entering eighth grade. No, it was eighth grade. The summer after eighth grade, I flew back. I flew to Washington, D.C. with um, some classmates. We were in a, and we participated in a national quiz bowl championship, which if you're unfamiliar with quiz bowl, it's basically kind of a, a knowledge trivia uh, contest. You know, it, it's similar to, I'm trying to think of, you know, what you might have seen. Um, you know, like the same, same concept is like, not, not the same format as Jeopardy, but like the idea of like just t- testing your knowledge, uh, like a quiz-based competition on a variety of academic subjects. And they have, there's a national... Um, this is a national organization so there's high schools throughout the country that participate in in utah and that was a big thing for me in middle school and high school as i was on the quiz bowl team and uh we were very successful in quiz bowl that's why we went we qualified for nationals because we took first place in all the region competitions that year um and we went back to washington dc and i think there was 22 teams competing in the national championship there and small little podunk moab utah um it's not that podunk, but it is. You know, it was a small town, small school. Um, we were only a little two A high school. We took eighth place. We finished eighth place before we were eliminated from the tournament, out of twenty two teams in the nation. So, I mean, I think that's pretty significant. I mean, no, it's not like 
third, second, or even first place. But still, like for for us, it was like kind of a we were kind of a revolutionary team to do this because really there there hadn't been any prior conversation or, or even idea to you know for the quiz bowl team to go to national championships it was one of the you know we were one of the first times we were really successful we were um consistently winning and it was like let's do this let's try it and, it, and we consistently won in the national competition at a national level and so that was fun going to washington dc and we weren't the thing that was nice too about it is when we got eliminated none of us were even angry because it's like oh sweet we've you know we've we've had to plan to be here for at least you know this such i think it was like five days and um it, we were eliminated at like the beginning of the third day or something like that we had been competing and and in between we had gotten to go to i guess washington dc and there's tons of great museums there's the smithsonian there's you know national monuments uh memorials things like that that we wanted to see and, and we were able to kind of do a little bit uh after the the day's competition ended but then when we got eliminated it's like sweet we have now we have a full two days that we've planned to be here for that we can just go and visit all these places and so that was awesome like you know i have tons uh have some pictures from that event and that was great that's it so uh, two trips back east in my entire you know childhood all the way up to high school and then i went on a mission to washington and oregon state but that's in terms of missionary service it's kind of interesting because it's like a lot of like all of my friends who got their missionary calls around the same time i almost all of them went to south america or, or you know mexico it, it was international was the name of the game like i had friends that went to bolivia one went to brazil a couple went to chile peru so everybody was going to south america everybody's going you know international and i honestly i didn't really want to go international not because i didn't want to you know i don't like to travel and don't want to see things but for your missionary service your objective isn't recreation it's not so much to just you know to travel and enjoy it's you know you're there for a purpose like it's it's a proselytizing mission so you're not there just to to mess around so i i kind of knowing that and being prepared for that i was like i'd rather go somewhere where that's you know honestly it doesn't have to be the most exciting place it could just be somewhere where i can go and focus on doing this thing and i won't be distracted by wanting to to sightsee all the time and because you you have very very little time to do that on a mission you know you have one day a week to where you're not proselytizing where you can like but that day is full of of you know you have to buy your groceries for the week you have to you know clean your apartment you have to clean your your vehicle if you have one you have to do your laundry you know you're kind of doing a lot of the chores that you normally aren't doing because you're out doing this proselytizing mission and so i knew i wasn't going to have a lot of time to 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 see cool things and so when i went to washington and oregon i was in you know the south little southeast corner um just adjacent to idaho of those states very rural rural communities i was in the tri-cities for for 15 months in different parts but uh, the tri-cities is just over 300,000 people combined between you know pasco richland and kennewick and so it's not a huge suburban area um and then i was spent six months in hermiston oregon super rural community um and there's some lot of little towns i went to i went to walla walla washington again very rural um a lot of produce a lot of farming um some ranching so 
and not honestly it wasn't the prettiest i i learned to love that area i i developed an appreciation for that the beauty that was there but it coming from U- southern utah like from a place like moab where like this is like a, a base camp headquarters for travel and recreation and, and outdoors activities you know we've got canyonlands national park arches national park LaSalle mountains you know uh salle manti LaSalle national forest all all these amazing just beautiful gorgeous landscapes and and uh i i head to washington state and it's like flat and it was there was like no prominent landmarks like the badger mountain quote unquote mountain badger mountain is like 900 feet in elevation and it was like the most significant landmark in that area uh and i i think i i was told when i was there at one point somebody you know told me one of the washington locals they were like yeah it's the tallest treeless mountain in the western hemisphere (laughs) so it's basically a glorified hill so not much to look at not much to really you know enjoy but that was nice because it wasn't distracting. And I, so I, I was okay with going stateside um, and bringing it back to travel. So I hadn't gone very much, but just last, just last year, um, I went to, I've been to two countries, <laughs> uh, still North America, but I went to, we went to Glacier National Park um, with my in-laws and it was really I, that was a really enjoyable trip. I loved Montana. It was a beautiful country. We we, we drove through Yellowstone, um, and then went up to Glacier National Park. Phenomenal, phenomenal national park. Highly recommend. Um, just beautiful, gorgeous mountain area. And we also just took like a slight jog up to Canada, and went to the Waterton because the the national park shares a border on the the U.S. side. It's called Glacier National Park, and then on. Um, Canada is called Waterton, but it's together. It's like the Glacier Waterton International Peace Park. It's a, a park that shares international borders. So we went to that side, and um, we were kind of up near Cardston. And uh, oddly enough, Cardston reminded me a lot of like Washington, of the part of Washington I was in, and of rural Washington. It looks very much similar. Uh, looks a lot like Walla Walla, uh, kind of outside, you know, in the, the county borders surrounding the Tri Cities. But anyway, so I went to Canada, and that was cool. I mean, not super far into Canada. You know, still like almost like the Montana part of Canada. But still, nonetheless, used my passport, which I got um, that also last year, and it was pretty cool. So I was like, oh, this is sweet. And then in November, uh, well, end of October, so during Halloween, we went to um, I went, my wife and I went, joined our in-laws, down in Mexico City for Dia de los Muertos, uh, which is the Day of the Dead celebration that is really, really popular down there in, in uh, Mexico and, and South American countries. And if you've seen the film Coco, that's, you know, same you know same celebration. And we were in Mexico City, which is a huge city, and it was really fun. I mean, that was an amazing experience, um, being in the heart of another country. You know, couldn't speak I, – I don't speak – hardly any spanish at all really just like the basics you would maybe learn in in intro to spanish in high school which i honestly actually never took spanish in high school i most people did because they 
assumed that it was required to graduate high school. But um, when I was with my counselor, I found out that it w- actually was not required, but it was really recommended. But I'm like, you know, depending on what colleges you were planning to apply for, sometimes they want to see that you've taken Spanish. But I was coming to Southern Utah. I knew Southern Utah is awesome. And uh, they didn't require me to have any Spanish classes. So I was like, I'm not going to take Spanish classes. I somewhat have regrets, though, because it would be it, – it, it would be a very convenient language to know and understand and to be, be able to speak fluently. And I'm kind of jealous of my friends who, who now speak Spanish fluently because that's their mission language. I actually had a companion on my mission who was from Oaxaca in Mexico, the state of Oaxaca. And he oh, spoke very, very little English. Like uh, basically the only English he knew was what he learned in the MTC, the Missionary Training Center. For that, He was there for six weeks. And most of the time that's when you're, you, you don't pick up very much while you're at the MTC. Uh, you have to kind of get immersed in the culture to, to really start to learn the language. You know, it's all, it's almost like theory, but so I got assigned to him and my mission president told me, you basically told me Elder Knudsen that you're getting Elder Garcia. He doesn't know uh, English. He basically only speaks Spanish, but uh, you're going to help him learn English. And um, so that's what we did. And it's interesting because it's not like I could translate. It's not like I could speak Spanish and then say like, okay, let's, I'm going to, you know, communicate in Spanish, but then help you translate stuff into English and learn that way. It was literally just like, all I know is English. I'm just going to talk to you in English. And you know, for an hour a day, he had his own personal kind of, uh, learnings agenda. Um, and he had some resources and stuff like that to, to learn English and basically just had to pick it up and just talk because that's all I knew was English. And, uh, he, he progressed quite well. And I say we were spent five months together and, you know, it was a really good time, and he learned English quite well. But I, and I could have, I mean, that would have been an opportunity, five months with a native Spanish speaker, and when you're a companion, like, that's literally the only person you're with for five months. Like, you're together 24-7 for five months. And I didn't really, I mean, I would learn a few phrases, um, but mo- mostly just, like, like a joke phrases like things like you never really say in a conversation just to be funny you know but didn't really learn spanish that's unfortunate but that's okay so we went to mexico city that was super fun so two countries within a few months of each other compared to the prior 22 years of my life have not traveled um other than domestic and so that's pretty cool so i'm just kind of breaking into the travel scene i think there's gonna be a lot more in the future, like I said, my, my in-laws are really big into travel. Uh, my father-in-law travels, uh, for internationally quite frequently for his work. He's a, kind of a, um, he's an auditor at engineering companies and things like that. So he goes international and, and, you know, they're really good at travel. And so I, and I've enjoyed it. I'm excited about it. I really like, uh, what I've been able to do so far. And so next week I will be catching some rays from, sunny florida and i'm excited about that gonna go scuba diving and uh eat lots of seafood and see some gators and you know do some other stuff and and universal studios um it's funny because when they told us at christmas time like we're gonna go to universal studios um i was somewhat excited because i'm like oh sweet that'll be really fun yeah i've never been 
but you know my wife and my sister-in-law they were freaking out they're like oh my gosh you know because growing up they were always doing trips and they've been to universal studios lots of times and they kind of you know have a lot more experiences to base off their excitement so like oh we're so excited and and apparently we're kind of getting treat a little bit of a treat because we've got a fast pass on the rides and we're staying in a really nice hotel like in the park and so which they've never really done before and so it, they were super excited i'm like oh great you know i'm kind of like oh yeah woohoo. so i um well hopefully in my report at the next podcast about that trip i will have a lot more enthusiasm and excitement to relay to you i i am looking forward to it and i say that with all sincerity i just don't have that background other than you know because the only amusement park i've really ever been to is lagoon i have not been to disneyland i've not been to universal studios i've been on a couple of roller coasters like in some places in phoenix but uh you know i don't know if i've even gone to seven peaks i think the one time we were going to go to seven peaks we ended up getting rained out you know and because from moab again all that place is pretty far away like lagoon for me is like i love lagoon and i'm super excited about going to lagoon and for my wife it's like a lagoon like they you know they were the kind of people who could get season passes to lagoon because they live up there in salt lake and can just go whereas for us it's a five-hour drive and it's not super convenient we didn't really have any family to stay with in the salt lake area um our family is kind of spread out between growing up it was you know i had an uncle and my cousins were in preston idaho and we were in moab we didn't really have any family in between there and it wasn't until my brothers started, you know, getting married and, and moving. But they went to Utah. A couple of them went to Utah State. The two oldest of my brothers went to Utah State and have set, since settled in Cache Valley. So, again, that's even farther than Salt Lake. So, again, we have nobody really close by. Um, so it's kind of nice having family in Salt Lake now um, since I've gotten married. So it's been uh, been uh, fun planning for that and looking forward to it. My in-laws were actually here over the weekend. We went to Brian Head, and I was somewhat disappointed. We haven't had a really good snow day at Brian Head until, like, Sunday. Um, we got just uh, dumped with snow. We got snow Saturday night and uh, into Sunday, and that was great because I went on President's Day, which was not this Monday, but the, the last week's, mon- the Monday of last week was President's Day. And I went, and the snow was kind of crusty and icy and hard and slick and not super fun. And I was like, I really hope it snows in between now and when everybody comes down for the weekend because it was uh, my in-laws and then my wife's aunt and uncle and uh, their uh, teenage son. And and so there was a lot of people there and uh, sister-in-law. So everybody was there, and it was a good day. It was kind of over. It was a little bit windy and pretty chilly but I, we you know snowboarded and skied all day long um had a delicious tri-tip sandwich at uh, the little restaurant up above giant steps uh the top level of giant steps lodge and that was fun and you know it, it was a good day it was just not the you know again it was kind of windy and not super great and visibility was kind of hard because it was overcast and you know the wind and it was making it difficult to see and then we got all the snow that night but we didn't have I have a season pass, and so does my wife, because she works Brian Head, but my in-laws didn't have it. They only had one day pass. And so, you know, we all left Sunday, you know, at around noon. We, we were, you know, packed up and headed home. But that's when we got all the snow, and then it was sunny on Sunday, so that would have been a perfect day to, to 
a perfect powder day and you know we didn't really take advantage of that and i was a little sore <laughs> from snowboarding because usually i go for half day and uh you know so that that my endurance isn't quite where i'd like it to be but it was fun i got to try out my new um snow goggles that i bought for an absurd amount of money in my opinion you know because i'm always I, I try and be frugal my snow boots were goodwill my snowboard was goodwill uh i i i think i mentioned this last week as well so i won't harp on harp on this one too much but this issue too much <laughs> but anyway this the, the goggles were expensive they were very expensive and uh i used the low light lens like a red lens and they were nice and convenient and you know i appreciated that they did help my visibility but still like at at fifty dollars off it was still 130 for those goggles which is just a lot of money to spend so yeah that's kind of my my rant about that but i don't know yeah travel's fun um it's always exciting to go to new places one thing that i think that makes cedar city a, a great destination for college students you know with people that come to southern utah um you know this the school does a really good job of kind of marketing it as you know this this hub for the outdoors and uh, kind of like this gateway into a lot of really cool places and in this upcoming magazine i do a little promo here for myself um this next edition of the magazine that will be dropping monday is an outdoors kind of themed uh magazine and there's going to be a lot of really cool art outdoor related articles and one of mine that I wrote is uh, it's called Outdoor Neighbors, and it's basically all of the uh, – there's a lot that has been written. It's on SU News. It's in the magazines about, obviously, the national parks in Utah, the Mighty Five, you know, the University of the Parks. And that's, that's great, but there's a lot of information already. So I wrote an article about some of our neighboring outdoor places just nearby, places like in Nevada, like Great Basin National Park in Nevada – uh, Joshua Tree, Death Valley in California, uh, Grand Canyon, Horseshoe Bend, Arizona, places in Colorado. So just kind of like our little Four Corners area, Monument Valley, things like that. Neighboring places that are really cool that we can go to. And, you know, Cedar City Cedar is a great spot because um, it's kind of like right in the middle of all those areas. And, and for students who are maybe out of state or, or, you know, coming from other places in Utah that haven't had a chance to, you know, really explore that much, great opportunities there. And... Like I said, the university's done a great job marketing that. And, you know, people who come to SUU from, like, internationally, and I always kind of think, why Southern Utah University? Like, it's Cedar City. It's a small town. You know, it's a smallish town, bigger than where I grew up, but it's still it's, it's a small town. It's a, it's a tight-knit community. It's um, it's Cedar City as a place is somewhat obscure relative to other places in Utah. You know, it's like St. George. you got Dixie National or Dixie College in St. George, but it's still, like, St. George is more well-known. It's one of the fastest-growing cities in the U.S. currently. But I'm like, why Cedar City? And I think that marketing about, like, SU and the outdoors is is one of the things. And then, so th that's enough to, to kind of hook people and, and think, oh, I want to go to Southern Utah University because I can go to Zion and I can go to Bryce Canyon and I can, you know, Moab's not too far away and, you know, there's all these cool places to visit. You know, and it's not a couple hours from Vegas and things like that. And 
you know, aside when as they're applying, they find out you can get really good scholarships. I got a great scholarship from SUU. Um, I had good grades, so I got a good academic scholarship offer, which I have uh, used, um, thankfully, to help pay for tuition. And as people, you know, it's enough to get people to come here. And once they get here, then they realize how great the school is. Like, the, you know, the the professor to student ratios are are really good. You know. It, in high school, I was kind of thinking like, oh man, like I have a really good relationship with my teachers. Like I've known a lot of them. Like they've known my family because I've had four brothers come to this high school. Like people know me, and I don't know if I'm going to have a good, you know, relationship with my professors in in college. And I quickly find out like, no, you can have a really good relationship with your professor. You can be very, um, you can maintain a professional relationship, but a strong, you know, relationship where you can there's no hesitation to ask questions you know you, you you do a lot of extracurricular projects you know that your professor is involved with you get to know them uh you get to appreciate them as as people you know they're not just like a teacher there's there's someone there they're mentors and you know the faculty and staff are great here the, the campus size is great uh everything all the reasons i love su it's it's um it's a great school and absolutely wonderful and i think that's why you know and people understand oh yeah this is why people come here and that word gets out and that's why for the past couple of years like each you know fall semester as it starts the the new school year you know we we break the record for most incoming freshmen you know most incoming students in that semester i think it was like somewhere close to it was between 1400 and 1600 last year in the 20 beginning of fall 2019 and i'm sure there's gonna be more coming in so we've, we've now broken the 10,000 student threshold and you know we're, it's getting bigger and bigger, and obviously the bigger the school is, the more you know you start to develop some of those big school problems. But I don't currently yet feel that SUU. A lot of people would probably say their only complaint about SUU is the the snow, like the the crappy winters, <laughs> and uh, maybe parking. But um, yeah, you're not really going to get much sympathy from the higher up some parking i i just know that for a fact it's it's a you know you're beating beating the dead horse with the parking issue and uh, i'm right there with you but there's not much we can do about that so but yeah we love suu uh it's a great place uh to come if you're if you're into traveling uh into to the outdoors scene um and and obviously there's other very redeeming programs like the aviation program has, has gained some notoriety like engineering is really good here. Um, a lot of pre-med students come here. It's affordable. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, we love SUU. It's a great place. So yeah, I think that's that's about going to wrap up my rant today, my uh, little rapport with you, so to speak, in, in our new title. But uh, I hope everyone has a great week, and uh, I will see you in a couple um, after a wonderful Florida trip, hopefully I come back with a, a little bit tanner, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, sun in in my hair. I don't know. We'll see if I get a little bit, a little bit of sun lighten in that uh, those brown straight locks of mine. But um, it's been it's been fun, and we will see you next week. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. Possibly, but uh, anyway, we will see you around. Stay classy.